Welcome back to the Knicks Nation podcast presented by New York Sports Nation, New York Sports Nation, enhancing your New York fan experience. I'm your host, Manny Rodriguez. Um, another disappointing week for the Knicks. They go one and two. Um, their struggles continue. They continue to be rather, their play continues to be rather disheartening. Um, why don't we just break it all down coming up next right here on the Knicks Nation podcast. So we'll start with Saturday's game at the Garden, a little matinee as the Denver Nuggets come into town. The Nuggets depleted. Um, They're having a little bit of a COVID issue. Bull Bull, Bones Highland, and Austin Rivers were all unavailable because of the NBA's health and safety protocols. Uh, P.J. Dozier recently tore his ACL. Jamal Murray is still rehabbing from his torn ACL from back in April. Michael Porter Jr., He's going to have a second back surgery in his young career. He is out for the rest of the season. The Nuggets had 11 players active. They were actually able to uh, sign Davon Reed from their G League affiliate um, in a bit of a, an emergency type move as they used their uh, hardship exception, did the uh, Nuggets. So the Knicks had RJ Barrett ready. Um, he had been battling. Uh, a cold. The only people that were inactive for the Knicks were Miles McBride, who um, was assigned to the G League. Luka Samanich, uh, Samanich, who is also with Westchester on a two-way, and Jericho Sims inactive for the Knicks. Uh, we've been pleading and begging all season long for the Knicks to finally give us a complete performance, and they finally did on Saturday. A complete disaster of a game. On Saturday, it started off fine. R.J. Barrett started well, but began to cool off late in the first quarter. Most of the offense in that first stanza for the Knicks was provided by Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett, despite Barrett uh, cooling off after a pretty hot start. The Knicks really, really struggled to defend the three early on in the game that foreshadowed the rest of the contest. Robinson had his uh, struggles against Nikola Jokic. Um, Robinson, uh, or rather Nikola Jokic, really, really babying Robinson. Um, the Nuggets just made everything in that first quarter. It was really tough to watch if you're a Knicks fan. The Nuggets ended up going 12 for 21 from the field, 57%, 4 for 9 from deep. That's 44%. They were able to hit both of their free throws. After one quarter, it was 30 to 25 as the Knicks went 9 for 22, that's 41%, and 3 for 10 from behind the arc, 4 for 6 from the free throw line. Again, 30 to 25, the Knicks were outscored in that first quarter. And like I said, Nikola Jokic played 10 minutes in that opening frame and had 10 points on 5 for 8 shooting with uh, 5 rebounds and 1 dime. Um, And things continued like that in the second quarter as... um, Zeke Naji went off in the second quarter. He scored 10 points. Zeke Naji. I'll give anybody five bucks right now if they're able to DM me and tell me where Zeke Naji went to college. He exploded as he joins the list of Pat Connaughton and Ricky Rubio of. He joins that list of Ricky Rubio and Pat Connaughton of um, players that you forgot were in the league um, going off at the Garden against the Knicks. Najee with a career performance on Saturday against New York 
Uh, the Knicks were missing threes all throughout that second quarter, and uh, they had the interesting strategy to the Knicks of not even coming close to trying to defend the three-pointer. The Knicks um, called the timeout in that second quarter, down by 16, and that's when we got the first showering of boos from the home faithful. The offense was sputtering all game, 30 points halfway through the second quarter. Um, the Knicks were able to go on a bit of a run shortly thereafter as they were able to cut the deficit to 10 after Randall was able to uh, put one back on a layup. Alec Burks continues to uh, shoot the ball well off the dribble, but again, all of that momentum was then cut off as Jokic continued to kick Mitch's behind. Um, it was an awful first half for the Knicks. No defense, no rotation. You got to give credit to the Nuggets for making a ton of shots. Um, you got to give them credit when the Knicks were defending, which wasn't very often they were hitting their shots. But again, they were able to take advantage where the Nuggets of easy looks that the Knicks were given. Again, no rotation, uh, no no defense, no sense of urgency trying to close out. Um, the Knicks scored less than 50 points um, at the half. It was... 60 to 49, the advantage to the Denver Nuggets. Like I said, Zeke Naji had 10 points in the quarter. Nikola Jokic with seven. Uh, Will Barton had five points in the second quarter as well as the Nuggets shoot 55% from the field in the second quarter and 50% from behind the arc on six for 12 shooting. Um, for the Knicks, Randall was able to get seven points in the second quarter, as was Fournier. And that was pretty much all the offense. The Knicks shot 36%, 9 for 25 from the field in the second quarter, 3 for 8 from deep as they were absolutely awful in that first quarter. The Nuggets outscored the Knicks 30-24 to 24 in the second quarter. Um, in the half, well, guess what? Uh, third quarter came around, and whatever Tom Thibodeau told his men, against the Bulls that sparked that huge comeback that ultimately fell short against Chicago. Um, that speech was not reciprocated on Saturday, on Saturday, as uh, the third quarter of Doom uh, reappeared at Madison Square Garden. Zeke Naji continued to kick the behind of the Knicks. Um, he was... Uh, early on, he made a three. Luckily for the Knicks, that was the only three-pointer or the only shot that he made and attempted in the third quarter. But again, Zeke Naji. Uh, there were loud let's-go Knicks chants when the Knicks were able to cut the deficit down to six with 7.30 remaining in the third quarter. The That was cut down to six, like I said, their deficit. But immediately, while the Knicks were... Not even immediately. While the Knicks were chanting... Uh, while the Knicks fans were chanting, let's go Knicks, uh, Randall turned the ball over as he dribbled into a double team, which led to an easy layup on the other end. And then that was followed up by another easy layup by Jokic after a Knicks miss. Um, Jokic was uh, found Burks on him on a switch. No help coming for Burks. Jokic with an easy deuce. That led to a timeout by the Knicks, a turnover. Um Nick's uh, Nuggets bucket, it was just, uh, I'm scratching my head if you can't hear that. It was just one of those nights for the Knicks or one of those days for the Knicks in which uh, they decided not to play any offense and uh, not to play any defense. An interesting strategy against a uh, 
shorthanded team in the Nuggets, you would figure that maybe the Knicks would be able to bounce back after two straight heartbreaking losses against the Nets and against the Bulls. But no, they actually showed out completely flat, completely unmotivated and uh, flat-footed. Insert any other synonym that you want to put here for the word bad. Um, At one point, Barrett dribbled the ball off of Randall's foot on a rebound. It was just both of them alone fighting for the same board. Barrett tipped it towards Randall, but he tipped it low. And like I said, it hit Randall's foot and went out of bounds. Another turnover, which led to another shower of boos. That officially made it the third quarter of doom. Nikola Jokic continued to go off. At one point in the third quarter, the Denver Nuggets went on a 20-3 run. And after three quarters... It was 92-71 as the Knicks got outscored in the third quarter, 32-22. In that third quarter, Nikola Jokic had 15 points on 6-for-7 shooting, 2-for-3 from behind the arc. Um, Mitchell Robinson really struggling against Nikola Jokic. I believe it was last season or, yeah, last season when the Knicks played the Nuggets. Uh, Mitchell Robinson said that it wasn't very hard in defending Jokic. It looks as though Jokic remembered that and uh, absolutely spanked Robinson's behind. Robinson's lack of um, getting out to the perimeter to defend the three-pointer from a big is rather um, frustrating. Uh, To not say P.O., it's rather frustrating. Um, I don't know why Robinson doesn't defend the stretch big man. Um, I don't. I think he's just too focused on trying to grab rebounds and not trying to defend the three-pointer. Uh, it's you know, Jokic is a good shooter from behind the arc. Why are you giving him so much room in that third quarter? The leading scorer for the Knicks was R.J. Barrett, Mitchell Robinson, and Alec Burks as they each chipped in with just four points in that third quarter. We saw the Denver Nuggets go 13 for 21 from the field. That's 62%. And 5 for 9 from deep. That's 56%. On the other side, for New York, they went 6 for 18 from the field. 33%. 3 for 11 from behind the arc. 27%. The Knicks, like I said, outscored in that third quarter 32 to 22. And uh, at one point, that's when the Nuggets had their largest lead of the game. Oh, I'll actually uh, take that back. Uh, They had their uh, third largest lead of the game in that third quarter. Their largest lead of the contest came in the fourth quarter when it got up to a 30-point deficit for New York. Quinton Grimes was able to get a couple of minutes in that fourth quarter. The Nuggets this season shot coming into the contest on the season, shooting 33% from behind the arc. They went absolutely berserk on Saturday at the Garden, making 23 pointers. It was uh, 23 pointers. Let me enunciate that. Um, it got to a point where I wanted to gouge my eyes out. The Knicks were able to string together a couple of buckets in the fourth quarter to make the Um, to make the final score look not too awful, but it was still uh, a horrible effort by the Knicks. Again, uh, the Denver Nuggets shot, or coming into the contest, the Denver Nuggets shooting 33% as a team, 20 for 43 from deep on Saturday, 47%. They were able to get up where the uh, Nuggets, they were able to shoot the ball 84 times on Saturday afternoon. 
uh, 52%, 44 for 84, 52% from uh, the field, 20 of 43 from behind the arc, 5 for 5 from the free throw line. That's the biggest thing as well. The Knicks, despite shooting 21 free throws to the Nuggets' 5, were unable to do really anything as they really, really struggled, did New York on Saturday. Um, the leading scorer of the contest was Nikola Jokic. He had 32 points with 11 rebounds and 5 assists on 14 for 19 shooting. That's 74%. 3 for 7 from behind the arc. He was also perfect 1 for 1 from the uh, free throw line. 1, 2, 3. Just 4 different Nuggets were able to score in double digits. Nikola Jokic's, uh, Nikola Jokic's 32 Followed by Zeke Naji's 21 points on 7 for 13 shooting, 5 for 9 from behind the arc. He also had 8 rebounds. Uh, Will Barton had 13 points in about 30 minutes. And Jeff Green chipped in with 11 points for the Knicks. Uh, tough night or tough afternoon despite the fact that 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 different Knicks scored in double digits. Led by Julius Randle's 24 points and a uh, a solid amount of those. I would probably say nine nine of those points coming in uh, garbage time as he was on the court to finish the contest. 24 points for Julius Randle, seven rebounds, eight assists, nine for 18 shooting. That's 50%. Two for seven from behind the arc, four for five from the free throw line. Uh, the next closest scorer was Evan Fournier's 15, six for 14 from the field, three for eight from behind the arc. He also added five assists. Uh, R.J. Barrett, 13 points on 5 for 13 shooting and 1 for 7 from behind the arc. He continues to struggle offensively, does uh, Rowan Barrett Jr. And uh, Alec Burks and uh, Derek Rose also each chipped in with 11 points in the contest. Nerlens Noel, I've really been on his behind and he continues to be on my list, he played 19 minutes and scored five points, was able to grab five rebounds. But again, no blocks. Uh, he did have two steals, but multiple times on defense. Did Nerlens Noel look lost defending the pick and roll? Um, he's just... He's just not the same player that he was last year. Looks as though Nerlens Noel has peaked and uh, is starting to come on his way down. It's uh, rather disappointing, but unfortunately, that's how the cards are are being drawn for the Knicks. Um, simply a, a putrid night for the Knicks as they fall to the Denver Nuggets on Saturday, one thirteen ninety nine. Again, the final score not very indicative of the performance. Put together by the Knicks. But again, give credit to the Nuggets for uh, taking advantage of all the looks that the Knicks gave them and really just um, putting the putting the throttle to, to the floor, putting the pedal to the metal, or so to say, and really, really uh, sending home the Knicks fans uh, rather irate to finish their Saturday. Not the Saturday afternoon that you want if you're a Knicks fan. Surely now you will be upset for the rest of the day and uh rightly so because we asked for a complete game and this is what we got they were completely garbage for four quarters as for the first time this season the new york knicks dropped below 500 they are now 11 and 12 once again the final score the denver nuggets 113 the new york knicks 99 
So now we move on to the Knicks contest against the Spurs down in San Antonio. The Knicks entered this contest with a three-game losing streak after Saturday's disappointing loss at home against the Nuggets. We found out that uh, uh, Knicks head coach Tom Thibodeau uh, was going to start thinking about changes to the starting lineup. Um, and we, leading up to the contest on Tuesday, <clears throat> and excuse me, I've come down with a little something over the last few days, so I apologize if I do sound sick, but I am starting to get something. Um, we found out that uh, Thibodeau was thinking about making some changes to the starting lineup. Um, Knicks fans immediately assumed that that would probably mean quickly graduating into the starting lineup for Fournier, because Fournier has really struggled all season long. However, it seemed as though that wasn't the case. Even up to Tuesday, leading up into the contest, uh, during, I guess, a, a, a practice or a shoot-around, morning shoot-around before the game, Thibodeau still had not made a decision on the starting lineup, at least publicly. Um, but it was noted, I believe it was, I think it was either Fred Katz or, or uh, Fred Katz of The Athletic or Stefan Bondi of The Post who noticed that Nerlens Noel was wearing a starter's uh, jersey during shoot-around, which caused a bit of an uproar in uh, Nick's Twitter. But, I mean, um, Mitchell Robinson hasn't been producing, simply put. He's been not really been getting the rebounds, hasn't really been blocking shots, um, <clears throat> not really using the weight well that he has put on, that extra, you know, what, 15, 20 pounds of muscle that he says he put on, not really setting hard screens. Um, and Mitchell Robinson was a casualty. He got relegated to the bench. Nerland Noel got the start. Um, again, uh, that's probably not the decision I would have made right now. Again, I think Fournier deserves to be benched, um, especially with the lack of uh, offensive output that he has put. Plus, Fournier continues to be a hazard on defense. But more on Fournier in just a second. Uh, the Knicks... Went into this contest against the Spurs, looking for their first win in quite some time. Last time that the Knicks beat the Spurs, uh, some fellow named Carmelo Anthony and another fellow by the name of Iman Shumpert uh, scored over 20 points um, in the Knicks win against the Spurs. Um, R.J. Barrett, <clears throat> he, as we all know, has been struggling. He's been in the news um, along with Thibodeau. Thibodeau in their game, uh, or after their game against the Nuggets, said that R.J. Barrett needs to get back into the gym and that him being sick over the last few weeks definitely uh, hurt him. Uh, he had some kind of stomach bug that Bar Barrett did that uh, had him ill over the previous two weeks or so. Um, so that might have been a cause for Barrett's struggles. Again, really no excuses, but I mean, that, that, that could be the case. We've seen that Barrett has been awful to put it you know in 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 easy terms he's been awful over the last two weeks and apparently uh some bad food has been the cause of that he hit his first three that barrett which uh uh made knicks fans feel good i didn't let that get to my head too much because he made his first three against the nuggets if i'm not mistaken and did not hit another three. He went one for seven, if I'm not mistaken. I don't have the numbers in front of me. But again, Barrett did not do well after making his first three against the Nuggets. Um, but he finished with seven points in that first quarter on three for five shooting and that one for one from behind the arc. Um, Alec Burks played the entire first quarter, went just two for six from the field, one for three from behind the arc. He too had seven points. Um, he was two for two from the free throw line. Evan Fournier... Not a lot of production again. 
one for four from the field, 0 for three from behind the arc. He only had two points. Mitchell Robinson coming off the bench, uh, five minutes, nearly five and a half minutes. He went one for two from the field, had four rebounds, all of them offensive rebounds. He also had a steal and a block in that first quarter, two points for him. Um, Mitchell Robinson, you can tell, was a little a little upset that he had been relegated to the bench, and um, he tried to uh, prove Thibs wrong, and I feel as though maybe he did. Again, I feel like the change at center was not the change that was needed. Nerlens Noel had uh, six and a half minutes of play in that first quarter, didn't attempt the shot, did grab two rebounds, did have two assists, and had one block, but I didn't really see much out of Nerlens Noel at all the entire game. He did end up leading the Knicks, did Noel in uh, contested shots during the contest, but um, again, I really didn't see anything out of Nerlens Noel in this contest. Uh, Julius Randle played 10 and a half minutes in the first quarter and only recorded two points on two rebounds and one assist. The only two points from Randle came from two shots from the line. He went 0 for 2 from the field. Uh, The Knicks went 9 for 23 as a team in that first quarter, shooting 39% and only 25% from behind the arc, going 2 for 8. And it was a a tight contest. The Spurs... Went 10 for 22 in that first quarter, 4 for 8 from deep, 4 for 6 from behind the arc. After one quarter, things were tied at 28 um, in that first quarter for the Spurs. Um, it was a little, it was, it was, uh, the scoring, I should say, was uh, well balanced. Doug, Mc, Doug McDermott, former Nick, uh, he led the team, or at least led the Spurs in the first quarter with six points. Derek White. Added another five. Keldon Johnson, Jakob Pertl, and uh, Brent Forbes each had four points in the first quarter. DeJounte Murray, who was arguably the best Spurs player on this roster, was held to two points in that first quarter. And again, after uh, after a quarter of play, it was 28-28. to 28. By the way, the Knicks without Jericho Sims in this contest and the Spurs without Devontae uh, Kaycock and Zach Collins and Devin Vassell. Um, <clears throat> so again, after one, it was 28 all, and then comes the second quarter. And that's when RJ really broke out much to the delight of Knicks fans. We have been waiting for this performance again. Barrett, um, had this five game stretch, <coughs> excuse me, RJ Barrett had this five game stretch earlier in the season where he was scoring, you know, 20 points a night. And we, we as Knicks fans thought, hey, this is it. This is the season for Barrett. This is when he breaks out. And then he started to struggle mightily. But then in this second quarter, we started to get that hope again. He went four for seven, did Barrett from the field, three for three from behind the arc. Um, he had 12 points in the second quarter, 12 of the Knicks, 34 points. So Barrett with a, a huge output offensively, finally, that the Knicks able to get this output from Barrett. Julius Randle was held to 0 for 1 from the field. His only shot was a three-pointer. He did not make it. He didn't have a point in that second quarter. But luckily for the Knicks, this is the thing with the Knicks. If Randle doesn't have it, somebody else has to step up or else the Knicks are going to get 20 or 30 pieced. Simply put, Julius Randle cannot do this alone. Julius Randle has been the Knicks' best player for most of the season, most of the games. All right? And if Randall doesn't have it, the Knicks need somebody else to step up. And that has been the issue for the Knicks over the last, what, 15 games or so? 
it's Randall, and and then what? You get what ten from Barrett, another ten from Fournier, maybe seven from Fournier. That's simply not going to cut it. You're going to need somebody if Randall is going to go out and get fifteen points. Somebody else on the Knicks has to get twenty, at least. That's how this is going to work, or else it's not. People are blaming Randall for the Knicks' struggles. It's not Julius Randall's fault that his teammates are not making shots. Tired of Julius Randle being the scapegoat about this. Tired of people putting the blame on Julius Randle. Julius Randle, yeah, in 2019, he was awful. But then last year, we were praising this guy, calling him, you know, giving him MVP chance while he was at the free throw line. He he makes the all-star game. The Knicks were succeeding. But now that the Knicks are not doing well, everybody's pointing the finger at Julius Randle. No, it's the supporting cast. Julius Randle is going to give you 20, 10, and 5 any given night. <clears throat> the rest of the Knicks need to step up and help Julius Randle. LeBron, it, it's not like we have LeBron, you know, with the 2000 and what, 2005, six Cavs, you know, where he's basically the only guy. And LeBron is just on this upper echelon over everybody else in the league. No, we don't have that. We have, I don't want to say role players, but I mean, we got Julius Randle, who's an all-star, a fringe all-star, for being honest, barely made the all-star team last year, made it as a reserve. You know, we don't have uh, a Clay Thompson. We don't have a Stephen Curry. We don't have a KD. We don't have a James Harden. We don't have, excuse me, give me one second. <coughs> oh, boy. Uh, we don't have that, 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 you know, true star. Somebody has to help Julius Randle, simply put. Um, and that's what happened in this game against the Spurs. R.J. Barrett stepped up. Uh, again, Nerlens Noel in that in the second quarter didn't even attempt the shot. Only got a rebound. Uh, again, I'm just flabbergasted by the decision by Thibodeau to put Noel in the starting lineup, removing Robinson. Speaking of Robinson, in that second quarter, he played nearly six minutes, went two for three from the field, one for two from the free throw line, six rebounds, half of them offensive, the other half defensive. He had five points in the second quarter. Fournier providing nothing again, 0 for 1 from the field. His only shot was a three-pointer, didn't record a point. Uh, No rebounds, no assists. Evan Fournier in 3 minutes and 22 seconds that he was on the floor in the second quarter just out there getting uh, cardio in. Derrick Rose had five. uh, Emmanuel quickly had five points. Obi Toppin, it's incredible that Obi Toppin is only getting 12 minutes. It's it's actually a war crime. that's something in the rotation that Thibs has to figure out. Obi Toppin needs to get more minutes, simply put. No ifs, ands, or buts about that. But again, in that second quarter, the Knicks shoot 30, uh, 13 of 24. That's 54%. 6 for 10 from behind the arc. They score 34 points in the second quarter. The Spurs shooting 55% from the field, but just 38% from behind the arc, went one for three from the free throw line. The Knicks outscored the Spurs 34-28 to in the second quarter. And at the half, uh, New York held the advantage 62-56. to uh, Moving on to the third quarter, Barrett somewhat cooled down a little bit. Uh, Julius Randle got it going. Uh, Barrett went two for five from the field, one for one from behind the arc. He had seven points in that third quarter. Julius Randle... Um, by the way, Barrett played the entire third quarter. Julius Randle, 10 minutes in that third quarter, went 3-for-5 from the field, 3-for-4 from deep, uh, 9 points to go along with 2 rebounds and 2 assists in that quarter. Nerlens Noel put up a shot 
in six minutes, went one for one, only two points, only one rebound, and one assist. Alec Burks, uh, one for four from the field, one for three from behind the arc, uh, three points. Uh, Burks, in this starting role, feels as though he is more of a volume shooter type of fella. Um, I'll give you the final stats that will prove that. Fournier, two for three from the field, one for two from behind the arc. He had five points in that quarter. Mitchell Robinson with another three rebounds in the third quarter. Um, Derrick Rose had a three-pointer in that third. The Knicks shot 45, excuse me, 46% from the field and shot 58% from behind the arc. One for one for Barrett, three for four for uh, Randall, one for three from Burks, one for two from Fournier. Derrick Rose made his only three-pointer. Obi Toppin missed his only three-pointer, so... The Knicks shooting well from behind the arc against the Spurs. Um, <clears throat> can't say the same about the Spurs in that third quarter. They went two for nine from behind the arc. Um, Derek White led the Spurs in the third quarter with six points. The Knicks outscored the Spurs uh, 33-25 to 25 in that third quarter. The Spurs shot 10 of 23 from the field. So the Knicks had their way against the Spurs, simply put. And it was a lot of it was R.J. Barrett stepping up and helping Julius Randle. What a concept that if you listen, if you don't like the way that Julius Randle has been playing, if you want Julius Randle to do less, somebody else has to step up. It's it's really that simple. It's really that simple with this team. Um, In the fourth quarter, Barrett had another six points. Randall added four points. Nerlens Noel was able to grab five rebounds in the fourth quarter. The Knicks shot 50% from the field in that fourth quarter. Um, The Knicks really just having their way. The Spurs would outscore the Knicks in the fourth quarter, 28-26, to but it was already in the bag for the Knicks. I mean, really, um, uh, very, very... Very, very positive uh, from the Knicks, especially watching Barrett play 38 minutes, nearly 39 minutes uh, Barrett played. He went 11 for 20 from the field. That's 55% and went 7 of 8 from behind the arc. Uh, the seven three-pointers was a new career high for R.J. Barrett. He scored. He finished with 32 points against the Spurs with five rebounds, two assists, and two steals. It was um, one of those games for R.J. Barrett that if you were down on Barrett, um, it certainly perked you up a bit. Julius Randle went 5 for 12 from the field, 3 for 5 from behind the arc. He had 15 points, 7 rebounds, and 7 assists. I don't understand why he's getting all this hate. 15, 7, and 7 um, is not bad, especially when somebody else is providing most of the offense, scoring 32 points. Alec Burks had 18 points on 15 shots. That's what I mean when um, Burke seems as though in this starting role is more of a volume shooter when it comes to uh, scoring the basketball. He went 6 of 15 from the field, 3 for 8 from behind the arc, 18 points. Excuse me, 18 points, 5 assists, 4 rebounds for Burks. Fournier really not doing much. Uh, $78 million uh, for 3 for 8 from the field, 1 for 6 from behind the arc. This is supposed to be someone who's supposed to be deadly from behind the arc. Um, seven points in the contest from Fournier with three rebounds. <clears throat> Mitchell Robinson off of the bench, four for six from the field, three for four from the free throw line. He ended up with 11 points and 14 rebounds, eight of them 
offensive rebounds. Really an impressive night from Robinson, as it seems as though he was a little PO'd with uh, Tom Thibodeau um, with his relegation to the bench. Uh, Derrick Rose somewhat struggled. He had 12 points on 4 for 11 shooting. Um, Emmanuel quickly with 16 points off the bench on 5 for 12 shooting, 2 for 8 from behind the arc. He struggled from deep, but again, 16 points. Uh, two rebounds, five rebounds for quickly. How about that? And Obi Toppin, four for six from the field, eight points in 12 and a half minutes. It's really, really, uh, I, I I really don't even have an adjective for it. It's just mind-numbing, I guess, that Obi Toppin is only getting 12 minutes a night while Nerlens Noel is out there getting 26 minutes a night and grabbing two points. He did have nine rebounds, I guess, but, I mean... Nerlens Noel, there have been moments this season where, especially defensively, uh, he just doesn't look the same. Uh, there were times in which he was having trouble going up against Jakob Pertl. Jakob Pertl isn't exactly Shaquille O'Neal, you know, so <clears throat> I guess. But you know what? It worked out for the Knicks. They shot 47% uh, from the field as a team, 47% from behind the arc. Um, 18 of 38 were the Knicks from deep. Let me tell you something. When the Knicks make their shots from deep, they're hard to beat. And when R.J. Barrett scores more than 20 points, or more than 30 points, if I'm not mistaken, I believe I saw the stat, the Knicks are 3-0. So it's really Randall and Barrett really are the two-headed monster on this team that really needs to step up, especially Barrett, because we've seen Barrett struggles. Um, but again, the Knicks... Able to get back to 500 um, with a 121-109 win over the Spurs down in San Antonio, Texas. R.J. Barrett with a very fine 32 points, like I said, seven or eight, uh, seven of eight from behind the arc, setting a new career high. Uh, for the Spurs, Derek White led the team with 26 points on nine for 18 shooting, three for six from behind the arc. Um, but again, uh, the big, the big, uh, uh, the big difference in the game was the 18 three-pointers by the Knicks and just a 12 by the Spurs. Um, but again, the Knicks at 500 after the win against the Spurs, 121-109. to So the Knicks were in Indianapolis to take on the Pacers in the um, <clears throat> second game of a back-to-back. And uh, really, simply put, the story of this game is the lack of defense by the Knicks all night. Um, really, really, it's just lack of rotation, um, not communicating on defense. It leads to easy buckets on offense, bad offense, um, putting the Knicks behind the eight ball already struggling to, to play defense, you know, some bad offense, some bad shots leading to fast break transitions and the Knicks are back. Um, it it was... It was one of the nights in which the Knicks simply just looked out of it. And unfortunately, that has been a trend for New York often this season. Um, the Knicks went without uh, without uh, Taj, uh, excuse me, uh, Nerlens Noel. Nerlens Noel did not play in the contest after starting against the Spurs. Um, <clears throat> Noel had a sore lower back entering the contest. So if you thought that Mitchell Robinson was able to graduate his way back up into the starting lineup, you were mistaken. Taj Gibson got the start for New York. Um, in the first quarter, things were 
all right for the Knicks. Again, like I said, the common theme throughout the entire mat, uh, throughout the entire game was just bad defense for New York, um, and really the offense also coming from one A and one B in uh, Randall and Barrett. <clears throat> Uh, both of them had 18, uh, excuse me, both of them had eight points in the uh, first quarter. Um, Barrett, two for four shooting, two for three from behind the arc. So um, early on, we saw that Barrett was able to hit the long ball, uh, which was cer- certainly a um, a pleasant sight. As everybody knows, Barrett has been struggling from deep Um it, it's crazy. He was at uh, 30% entering the Spurs game. He went 7 of 8 against the Spurs and rocketed his way up to 34% um, from behind the arc on the season. So he jumped 4% um, from uh, the game against the Spurs entering the contest against Indiana. And him hitting 2 of 3 in the first quarter it was certainly a uh, welcoming sight for Knicks fans. Julius Randle, um, he went two for four from behind the arc, two for seven overall from the field. Both Barrett and Randle played the entire first quarter. Todd Gibson played about half of the first quarter, only took one shot, did not record a point. Uh, Evan Fournier, <clears throat> one for two from the field, one for one from behind the arc, three points. He was able to grab three rebounds, though. Alec Burks, one for three from the field, 0 for one from deep, four points for him. Derek Rose, Four points on two for two shooting from the field. He also had two uh, two assists. Um, Mitchell Robinson rather quiet in that first quarter, and by rather quiet, I mean he didn't do anything. The only thing that he did was commit two personal fouls. No points, no rebounds, no blocks, no nothing from Mitchell Robinson. So a little disheartening out of Rob, um, especially after the performance last night, or excuse me, on Tuesday against uh, the uh, the Spurs. Emmanuel quickly played about three minutes in that first quarter, uh, went one for one from the field. He had a nice little uh, floater. Nine for 20 went the Knicks, 45% from the field, um, five for nine from deep. And we mentioned how the Knicks, uh, if, if they're hitting their three-pointers, um, they have a good chance of winning. So to see them go five for nine, they scored 29 points in that first quarter. But again, the, the defense was certainly lacking in in the entire contest the pacers in that first quarter 64% from the field 57% from behind the arc um Chris Duarte uh the guy who a lot of Knicks fans wanted um the kid from the DR from the Albany area went to Oregon he torched the Knicks in the first quarter he went 5 for 5 2 for 2 from behind the arc he had 14 points in the first quarter um Malcolm Brogdon um had 10 points in that first quarter as well. He went four for six from the field, one for two from behind the arc. So the Knicks were able to do a fine job of neutralizing DeMontis Sabonis and Miles Turner. And Miles Turner, last time that the Knicks played the Pacers, uh, he had, what, seven three-pointers in the contest? So the Knicks were really focused, at least in that first quarter, on trying to lock down Sabonis and Turner, but it came at the expense of uh, Duarte and Brogdon combining for 28 of the first 30, uh, 28 of the 36 points scored in that first quarter by the Pacers. And again, it, the common theme for the Knicks is just um, the lack of uh, the lack of good defense. It's just incredibly frustrating. Um, last season, the Knicks were one of the best defensive teams. And, you know, that's New York basketball. Oh, we're a defensive team. It reminds, me, uh, reminds us of the 90s Knicks. You know, hard-nosed defensive team. And then the following year, they're amongst the worst defenses in the NBA. It's, it's 
rather puzzling. It's rather puzzling. <clears throat> in the uh, second quarter, the Knicks were still able to uh, keep it within arm's reach. They didn't let it get too, uh, you know, the contest was still within arm's reach. They didn't let it go. Uh, they didn't let the, the deficit uh, get out of their range. A little bit disappointing to see R.J. Barrett play eight minutes in the second quarter and only record two assists and one turnover. He didn't even attempt a shot in the second quarter. Julius Randle led the way in that second frame for New York. He had 10 points, uh, four for seven from the field, uh, three rebounds. He did have uh, trouble all night, did Randle uh, holding the ball. I mean, there were times in which Randall took some pretty bad shots, and there were times in which the turnovers were, were rather frustrating as well. Um, but if you look at everybody else who played, again, it's, it's really Julius Randall who's the, the top dog on this team. Uh, whether you like it or not, again, if you want Julius Randall to be doing less, the guys around him are going to have to step up, simply put. Taj Gibson played three minutes in that second quarter, didn't record a stat besides the three minutes played. Evan Fournier played uh, almost six minutes, went 0 for 1 from the field, uh, 0 for 1 from deep, 2 for 2 from the free throw line. Again, he is not providing anything for $78 million. Alec Burks shot 50% from the field in that second quarter, played nine minutes, um, (coughs) excuse me, 0 for 1 from behind the arc. He had four points. Derek Rose. I love Derrick Rose. Two for five from the field, um, four points in that second quarter. He also, if I'm not mistaken, in that second quarter had a sweet uh, crossover. <coughs> Excuse me. He had a sweet crossover, uh, uh, leaving his defender in the dust, and the baseline floater was just absolutely gorgeous out of Rose. Um, Mitchell Robinson, again, not anything. A tough, tough first half for Mitchell Robinson against the Pacers. He played nearly five minutes and, again, did not record a stat except for one block and one personal foul. Uh, Emmanuel quickly one for four from the field in that second quarter. He only had two points, 0 for 2 from behind the arc with a rebound. Obi Toppin played uh, nearly nine minutes in that second quarter, went three for three from the field, including an East Bay dunk. Uh, just incredible. Uh, after a miss, Rose grabbed a rebound, and Toppin was running the court like a gazelle, um, and the outlet pass from Rose was right into Obi Toppin's pocket, um, and Toppin went up and did a between-the-legs dunk, which got a few oohs and ahs from the crowd, and it's funny, if you look at some of the fans that they, um, that were at the game sitting baseline, you know, their jaws, most of them, they were either laughing or they had their jaw dropped or their eyes were popping out of their sockets. It was, it was one of those dunks where you're like, holy cow, did he do that? Did he really do that in-game? It was absolutely incredible. Um, but again, uh, the Knicks shot 50% from the field in that second quarter, went 0 for 4 from behind the arc, only four shots from deep in that quarter. But again, it's the defense, the Pacers just making every shot. Um, The Pacers shot 57% from the field, 60% from behind the arc, went 5 for 8 from the free throw line as they outscored New York in that second quarter, 34 to 28 um, in that second quarter after being held to just 5 points. DeMontis Sabonis had 8 in the second quarter. Miles Turner had 7. Karis LeVert had 7. Um, Chris Duarte only had three, while Malcolm Brogdon added two. Um, O'Shea Brissett added three. 
uh, Kellen Martin had two, Brad Wanamaker had two. Um, again, <clears throat> everybody basically able to get some shots up against the Knicks. Again, just the defense really, really poor for New York um, at the half. New York had a deficit um, of 70 to 57. Again, it's, it's rather incredible. The Obi Toppin dunk that you thought maybe could have started to swing things New York's way actually kind of went the opposite way. You would imagine after a highlight of a dunk like that, maybe that would pick up New York spirits, but it actually went completely the opposite. Um, the Knicks were trailing by seven when Toppin had that dunk. It made it a five point game, but Again, lack of defense by New York certainly certainly killed them. Um, third quarter, third quarter of doom is back at it for the Knicks. New York shot 20, 29% from the field and 10% from behind the arc. They had 10 attempts from deep and only made one shot. Um, Drew, uh, R.J. Barrett had 11 points in that third quarter. It's uh, It's just... Let, let, let me go ahead and rephrase that. R.J. Barrett had 11 points in the third quarter. The Knicks, had a, as a team, had 19. The only other people to score in that third quarter was Mitchell Robinson, who had four points, uh, Alec Burks, who had two, and Evan Fournier, who had two. Julius Randle laid a dud in that third quarter. He went 0-3 from the field, 0-2 from behind the arc. He did have three rebounds, an assist, and a steal. But um, two turnovers and a foul and zero points to show for it. Taj Gibson played eight minutes in that third quarter. Um, just two rebounds. Again, uh, nothing. Did I say that Fournier had two points? I can't remember if I did say that. But Fournier had two points in the quarter. Again, the offense for the Knicks lacking, as is the defense. They were lucky to a certain extent that Indiana didn't shoot the ball well at all in the third quarter either. Um <clears throat> Indiana went 7 of 19 from the field. That's 37% and went 1 for 9 from deep. But the uh, biggest difference here, the Knicks went 6 for 7 from the free throw line. Indiana went 11 of 12 from the line. Um, New York out-rebounded uh, Indiana 11 to 9, but it's the points that matter. And Indiana scored 26 points in that third quarter to the Knicks' 19. Again, 11 of the 19 points coming from R.J. Barrett, uh, which is a bit of a welcoming sight, of course. But, I mean, the offensive output from everybody else has to has to show up, especially Julius Randle. I've been defending Julius Randle this entire time during this uh, the entire season. And uh, for him to lay a dud in the third quarter like that, uh, rather, rather disappointing. Um, <clears throat> But again, uh, for the uh, for the Pacers, their offensive output was well balanced in the third quarter. Turner had five, Sabonis had five, Duarte had four, Lavert had four, Brogdon had four, uh, Jeremy Lamb, had, excuse me, Jeremy Lamb had two, <coughs> excuse me, and uh, Kellen Martin had two as well. Um, <clears throat> but again, the third quarter of doom, and it's been a common theme all season. The third quarter of doom. And a common theme for this contest as well, bad offense, bad defense for New York. Um, New York entered that third quarter trailing big. Um, that basically blew the game open and um, not much to say about that fourth quarter. They, <clears throat> New York and Indiana actually went on a 26-26 to 26 run in that fourth quarter, but I mean, 
the game was already well decided by then. R.J. Barrett didn't even play three minutes in the fourth quarter. Julius Randle, same thing. Um, two minutes and 48 seconds to be exact for both Barrett and Randle in the fourth quarter. Emmanuel quickly played the entire fourth. Um, it got to a point in the contest in which in the final four minutes or so, Kevin Knox, Jericho Sims, Quinton, Bride, Quinton Grimes, and Miles McBride uh, got some run in. <clears throat> One of those nights for New York um, in which the offense was bad and the defense was bad. New York, 9 for 21 from the field in the fourth, 3 of 7 from deep. Um, and for the, Spur, uh, excuse me, for the Pacers, they shot 55% from the field in the fourth quarter and uh, 33% from behind the arc. Um, really, uh, just uh, once you thought that this team was going to get it going, they did. They they got what they wanted, did the Knicks, against the Spurs, but against the Pacers, quite the opposite. <clears throat> uh, for New York, we got one, two, three, four, five different players scored in double digits, led by R.J. Barrett. He had 19 points on 5-for-12 shooting. Um, three for five from behind the arc. Julius Randle struggled, 18 points. Excuse me, he struggled. But again, again, these numbers don't look horrible. 18 points, um, eight rebounds, seven assists. I beg your pardon, uh, 18 points, eight rebounds, seven defensive rebounds, two assists. Um, the big, the big, uh, the big knock on Randle on Wednesday's contest against the Pacers was his uh, five turnovers to his two assists. <clears throat> not the uh, not the turnover to assist ratio that any Hooper would like. Randall, again, 18 points on six for 18 shooting, two for six from behind the arc again. He struggled in the contest. Um, Fournier, excuse me, uh, Burks had 15 points. Uh, quickly had 13. Beg your pardon, Toppin had 13. Quickly had 11 Fournier, the $78 million man with seven points on two for six shooting, one for three from behind the arc. Evan Fournier, after the game against the Pacers, uh, said that he ate some bad steak in San Antonio, and that's the reason for um, his uh, lack of production over the last two games. I wonder what the excuse is from Fournier for the other 20-something games of the season that he has played in, in which he has produced diddly poo. Um, <clears throat> Derek Rose struggled a bit from the field. He went, just went four for 10. Um, he did have seven assists and five rebounds, uh, only eight points to show for it. Mitchell Robinson, after a very impressive double, double off the bench against the Spurs, um, had four points and two rebounds in the uh, second game of a back-to-back -back. again, um, just bad defense and bad offense by the Knicks. Um, they shoot as a team 42% from the field and 30% from behind the arc. Um, the Pacers shot 54% from the field and 37% from behind the arc. They made 10 three-pointers uh, while the Knicks made nine three-pointers. Um, and then, like I said, Evan Fournier with the excuse of the bad stake, whatever. And uh, rather interesting developments over the last few minutes, or rather over the last few hours. Um, after the game, it turns out that, uh, Pacers head coach Rick Carlisle tested positive for COVID-19. Um, the, the Pacers canceled practice on Thursday, uh, due to health and safety protocols, um, which is rather concerning. I mean, 
you know, the Knicks and the Pacers played last night and then, you know, waking up the following day to find out that the Pacers uh, canceled practice because of a possible outbreak of COVID-19, rather, rather disheartening to hear. Um, and simultaneously, the news came out as well that the Toronto Raptors uh, canceled practice as well because of health and safety protocols. And that puts the Knicks in a, in a difficult position because, again, on Thursday, Knicks at Pacers, and then the following Nick game is on Friday, if I'm not mistaken, um, in which they play the Raptors. So, yes, on Friday, the Knicks will play the Raptors. So, um, I'm not quite sure what the NBA will do. Again, the New York Knicks um, play the Pacers last night, or rather on Thursday night, and they canceled practice the following day because of health and safety protocols. And then the Knicks' next opponent did the same thing because of the same reason. So uh, you got to wonder what the NBA will do with Friday's contest <coughs> against uh, for the Knicks against the, the, the Raptors in Toronto. Um, the Pacers on Friday will also be playing as uh, Carlisle will be hosting his former team in the Dallas Mavericks. So... Um, I didn't give you the final score. The final score, the Pacers 122, the Knicks 102, uh, 20-point loss for the Knicks. Um, again, they just simply couldn't get anything going offensively and defensively. Um, the Pacers had five men score in double digits, and all five men were the starters, and they were led by Chris Duarte, who went 9-for-11 from the field, 2-for-2 two two from deep. He had 23 points. Miles Turner had 22. DeMontis Sabonis had 21. He also had 11 rebounds. Karis LeVert had 15 points. Miles Brogdon had 16 points. One of those nights for the Knicks in which you just got to wonder what happened to that defense. Bad offense, bad defense. That's the name of the story for the Knicks against the Pacers. That's really it. That's really the analysis that I can give you. Um, <clears throat> again, you know, you got you to gotta wonder what happened to that defensive team that we had last year. It's not like the Knicks had a bunch of turnover, you know. So um, that's something that Th- Thibodeau is going to have to find out quickly. Um, and again, uh, disheartening. Disheartening. Just when you thought the Knicks were going to get it going, maybe. After a fine win against the fine Spurs team, um, they lay a dud against a uh, Pacers team that's now 11 and 16. With the loss, the Knicks dropped to 12 and 13, one game below 500. As the Knicks continue to do some soul searching in the 2021 season here in early December, um, yeah, the Knicks lose by 20 to a team that they should be better than. Um, also, a uh, little caveat, a lot of uh, rumors as well before this Pacers-Knicks game um, that the Pacers were looking to blow it up and that they were interested in hearing some trade offers for Miles Turner, DeMontis Sabonis, and Karis LeVert. Um, Knicks Twitter wants Miles Turner or DeMontis Sabonis. Um, they also want Damian Lillard. I want these guys too, but, um, <clears throat> you know, let's say the Knicks do pull off a trade for let's say, like Damian Lillard or something, uh, you're going to have to give up a lot for a player of Damian Lillard's caliber. So, um, you know, let's say the trade for Lillard happens and let's say that they give away Robinson and Toppin and Barrett. What are you left with? You're left with Lillard, Fournier, Burks, Randall, and Noel as your starting five and then off the bench. 
I want I want the Knicks to make the trade, but I simply don't know if they have assets for it unless they, because you got to make the contracts match. That's number one. And simply, I don't know if they have the assets to build a team around uh, around Damian Lillard if they do pull off a trade. But I mean, again, um, Miles Turner as well. You know, there's you know, oh, you could trade Mitchell Robinson and a bunch of picks. I don't know if the Pacers would do that. Um, but uh, that's we'll break that down another day um, as we get close. Uh, excuse me, as we get closer to the period of uh, players being eligible to be traded. But again, uh, on Thursday night, the Knicks fall to the in the Indiana Pacers by a final score of one twenty-two to one hundred two. Here is the upcoming schedule for the Knicks over the next week. Four games on the ledger for New York. It'll start on Friday night. They're in the sixth to take on the Toronto Raptors. Again, that game at 7.30 on MSG. On Sunday, they'll be back at the Garden as the defending champions are in town. The Milwaukee Bucks uh, early start on Sunday, a 12 o'clock start, high noon. That game will also be on MSG. Tuesday, December 14th, the 7.30 tip-off on TNT, a nationally televised game as Steph Curry and the Warriors come to Madison Square Garden. And the Knicks will then finish the week off on the road. They'll be in Houston to take on the Rockets, the suddenly very hot Rockets. That game will be on Thursday, December 16th. Tip-off is slated for 8 p.m. Eastern Time on MSG. That is the upcoming schedule for the Knickerbockers. Well, there you have it. Another recap of the Knicks week. Again, the one and two uh, week for the Knicks. A little bit disheartening, especially with the way that they have been playing of late. Um, their struggles continue. Um, the guard position continues to be a question mark. Uh, a couple of the minutes confusing. I still don't understand why Obi Toppin can't get more than 15 minutes a night. But, um, you know, these are things that Tom Thibodeau is going to have to figure out and figure out quick. Um, you know, the, you know, we're 20 some games into the season now, about a, what, a quarter of the way through. It's, uh, it's time for the Knicks to, to really show us what they've got. And, uh, honestly, guys, don't be surprised if the Knicks make, make a trade rather soon. Um, cause I think Leon Rose knows that this team is simply just not built to not only not win a championship, but possibly not even make the playoffs. So, um, there you have it, uh, next Friday, another episode as we'll recap, the Knicks in Toronto and at home against the Bucks, the Warriors, and again on the road at the Rockets. Until then, see you next time and go New York, go New York, go.